Hi everyone and welcome to a little bit of a different episode of the Matcha Diaries this week. As those of you who follow us on Instagram will know, we asked you guys for some juicy questions for us to answer because we were actually in person together last week and you definitely delivered. We had such a fun time recording this as I am very sure you'll be able to tell by our oh my gosh, annoyingly good mood throughout the episode. And it even got a little bit messy because we somehow managed to not only spill our wine, but even champagne everywhere. And it all got captured on audio. So definitely something to look forward to in this episode. And we do want to apologize for the audio quality this week. It's definitely not as good as it is in our normal episodes, but we just thought the content of the episode was still really fun to listen to. And we just had such a great conversation and like fun time recording it. So we definitely still wanted to put it out for you guys to listen to. But yeah, we were just passing the microphone back and forth between us and um Let's just say we'll definitely have to find out a different way of doing it in the future. But for now, we really hope that you enjoy this episode and you enjoy the sound of us just being (laughs) a little bit tipsy, having a good time answering you guys questions. So yeah, let's get into it. for the third time this evening hi guys this is very exciting because we're actually coming to you live well not in live. person in person we're, this is the first time we're recording an episode yeah, just, together it's so weird to think that we're right <laughs> okay we're <laughs> we're both holding the microphone so it's really odd but i was gonna say it's really weird that we're together i know <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this episode is going to be the most annoying to listen to because first of all, we've drunk like, we're not drunk yet, let's just put it out, no. but we've had like one glass of wine and I just More, like, more. What? <laughs> I, we've more had than, more than one glass of wine. We've had a bottle. Oh. <laughs> okay, this is what I mean. I feel like this episode is going to be annoying to listen to because we're going to be like giggling, not just because we're in person, but then also because... Okay, <laughs> but then also because we've had a little bit of wine. And it's only going to get worse throughout the episode because this whole episode is going to be Truth or Drink, which the title will reveal. Why are you laughing at me, Kara? Okay, so we're going to start off with our highs and lows, Kara. So the high of my week this week was just seeing friends and being Leo. No! Right now, <laughs> it's the high of my week. Um, and like getting to spend time with Ed's family was really nice as well. Um, I always, like, I like knowing that I feel really comfortable with them now and I don't have to worry about anything. Like, I don't get nervous when I, when I see them. That's so good. Which is a a nice feeling, yeah. Which is very nice. So, family and friendship time is the high. And the low is that my manager is leaving, which fucking sucks. She announced it, I think, before yesterday or yesterday. Uh, and she's like, she was like, I'll give you time to process it and... I've processed it now. Obviously, I'm really proud of her and like excited for her to have all her opportunities. But at the same time, I feel like there's so much more I could have learned from her. And I feel like I'm missing out. Um, but I guess this is life. And I don't know. We'll see. I'll update you guys on like where life takes me. But yeah, 
just sad that I'm losing a good mentor. But she was like, I can be your life coach now. So at least I know, like, I'll still have her in my life, which is good. Yeah, but that's that's me this week. What about you, Leah? What's your highs and lows? My low for this week is just the same as last week, to be honest, that I was ill. Um, So I, I felt pretty rubbish until pretty much Wednesday this week. So I was ill for like a week. And, but now I feel better. So that's really good. <laughs> um, not that anybody cares, but I do feel better, which is <laughs> which is good. And then you my sound high, a lot better. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, if anybody listened to last week's episode, I sincerely apologize for how absolutely awful my voice sounded. I'm still like a little bit blocked up inside. Like I can still hear my voice differently. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, yeah. my high is that I got to interview Elsa Hosk <gasps> yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. Which like feels crazy to say, but it's basically, it's just part of my job we had like a lifestyle media event with i don't know like are you allowed to say this now yeah yeah oh because it was a live event so yeah so it was like with different lifestyle media and then i had to like host a live q a so basically just got to do the podcast but live in front of media journalists and stuff attending and i just got to interview elsa hosk it was such a surreal experience i think it was like 6 a.m in la time for her she looked stunning it was like in her house like her backdrop was insane (laughs) she was just so nice yeah what was she like to talk to really easy like you can tell she's a professional but she also she did it in such like a natural way like she was really lovely and it was so cute because we were talking about like because obviously i work for Samsung like the mobile division so we were talking about like the features of you know the phone like what does she like the best and she was kind of giving like tips on how to create the perfect selfie uh-huh. and I was kind of saying like you know like how do you do it like tell share me your secrets because <laughs> like when I try to do selfies like they never turn out like yours like shocker <laughs> <laughs> me talking to like some Victoria's Secret model like there's a reason <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like oh she was like oh no I'm sure like she was just so cute she's like oh no your selfies look great and then she was like and she was like sharing me her tips and at the end she was like you know next time like you can send me send me your selfies and I'll I'll look at them and I was like yeah sure I mean obviously I'm never gonna send her my selfies because I don't have a number or any other contact details of her DM her on Instagram (laughs) be like here are my selfies can you pick your top favorite ones It was just so cute. Like I think she was like a, a joy to interview. So it was just Aww. it felt surreal. A good first experience as well, right? Yeah, it like was, live first. Like yeah, live it was probably. surreal that it was live. But yeah, that was cool. That was definitely a high. Very nice. But yeah, I feel like this is the quickest highs and lows that we've ever done. Yes, proud of us. <laughs> right. So are doing what is it a drink truth or drink truth or drink leah and i went out to buy some wine we got some white wine and we got rosé and we made a cute cheese little platter i'm really cheese board i feel like we did really well i know it's it was both of our first time making one and we think it turned out all right i've enjoyed it it was yummy as well it was very good very filling as well yeah yeah i feel like and i i feel full but in a good way like i can eat some more after we've had some more wine you know yeah let this digest and then but yeah, we've got, uh, I've got my glass. Let me, oh, I thought <laughs> ASMR, can you hear that? <laughs> I hope that sounds nice. Um, okay, so we're, we're ready. So we asked people to send us questions on Instagram. And we're, we got some good ones. we're going to try answer as truthfully as possible. Yeah, so it's truth or drink. So if we, if we don't want to answer them, we have to drink. I'm going to make sure that Kara drinks and Kara's going to make sure that I drink. <laughs> 
But obviously the point of it is not that we're, that you hear us drinking all the time. The whole episode is just hearing gulps <laughs> of wine going down our throat. That would be boring. Very okay, I'm gonna, boring. I'm going to kick us off with the first question. I like this question. And we've not thought about the answers for any of these. No. Like I've not, I've purposely not like given myself <laughs> any thought. Okay. Not given myself any <laughs> thought. That makes no sense. Anyways. <laughs> first question is what's your most shallow reason for not going on a second date what shallow reason yeah i was trying to give it like a legit reason no. but Kasha's most shallow reason honestly yeah it, probably if a guy was shorter than me Ooh. has that been a reason for you in the for people that don't know <laughs> and i are both very short i'm gen i would genuinely be surprised if somebody was actually shorter than you i mean it's never been no but I just, but that's the thing like i'm so short as a person yeah. If a guy was shorter than me, then they're just very short. Like, yeah. but I don't think it has to do with their height. It's just like it, it's more to do with like I like feeling tiny and like yeah. having like a and my and for those who don't know, my boyfriend is six foot four, so I like having like kind of like this big safety blanket on top yeah. of me. So yeah. like I'll admit, is is a very shallow reason. Yeah. What about you? I feel like for me, it would just it would be physical attraction as well. But I don't even think that that's... I feel like that's a legitimate reason as well. Because I think somebody can be as... It doesn't even matter what people look like to other people. It just matters that you're attracted to your significant other. And I think that if you're not physically attracted to your partner, there's not going to be a foundation for a long-term relationship. So why would you go on a second date? You facts. know? You speak facts. So... And I feel like attractiveness is not objective like people will be subjectively good looking to different people yeah which i guess is the same answer to me with the height like yeah. the reason i wouldn't want it is because to me that like i don't find that attractive to me personally yeah not that all short guys are not my type like they're just they're just not my type yeah but also it's a very sad thing to think of like imagine that i feel I'd bad for guys that are short because it's something that you just genuinely can't change and it's something that like in the whole of society is like taller men are seen as better looking. Yeah. But like imagine that I, if I say no to a, a short guy just because of their height, but they end up being like the nicest guy I could yeah. have had in my life. I feel like if you like got to know them and they were genuinely your soulmate, it would matter. I mean, for me, I can speak from <laughs> secondhand experience in the sense that my <laughs> mum is a lot taller than my dad. I'm saying a lot taller. <laughs> oh, my parents listen to this. Hello. Oh, hello, shit. I approve of your relationship. <laughs> No, but it's because my dad is a very confident, like, secure man. Like, I don't... I feel like a lot of men also wouldn't go for taller women because, like, they need to have that... Yeah, they want to feel, like, the protector or, like... Exactly. So, yeah, my mum is, I think, six foot, and I don't know how tall my dad is, but definitely a little bit shorter. So there's definitely, like, an imbalance of height, but it's just never seemed weird, and I don't think either of them have ever cared because they just, like, obviously love each other and obviously connected regardless of like height but i know that it's such a common thing in like our society i mean i know there's so many jokes about it on like dating apps and stuff oh if you're not over six foot then you're gonna swipe left immediately yeah. and that's all or like when you lie when the men lie about their yeah. height because they're too scared that no one will swipe which i kind of get because if you're being based on something that superficial then maybe yeah you would lie about it because you know that you're just gonna be categorically said no to yeah. just because of something as superficial as your height which you literally can't change next question okay oh wait i like that one what's your favorite thing about yourself Ooh, that's a cute question i think for me it would be my determination is that a 
is that an appropriate word? I don't really know how to describe it, but I feel like ever since I've been quite young, I've known that I can set my mind to something. And if I want something, I will work very hard to achieve it. And I think there's been few goals that I've set myself that like I haven't I haven't accomplished, if that makes sense. Like I think I'm quite good at believing in myself that I can do something and work towards something. And I feel like I allow myself to have big dreams, if that makes sense. What about you? Let me just comment on that. I think it's really rare as well. Like I've met so many people that say, oh, I want to do this or I want to do this. And then they just, they can't, like they don't have that determination. And I think that's a, that's a quality that a lot of people also admire in you. Like it's not just an internal thing. Anyways, (laughs) I think for me, it's my, I do think I'm a kind hearted person. I like to prioritize other people. And like, I always put other people, I think, before myself, which obviously I don't recommend all the time because sometimes your own thoughts and whatever it are more important but like i do think i'm a genuinely like nice person yeah you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like I, I do care a lot about other people i think and i i like to think that people always think they can come to me and talk to me about anything because like yeah. i will i mean it's like you said like i would never judge yeah. anyone for anything internally judge but <laughs> 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 no I, I wouldn't but i think that is my favorite thing it's quite nice actually yeah it's it's such a good question because i feel like it's so rare to like most most of the time it's like asking someone else what they like about you and you hear it but like sometimes you need to it's like a self-check actually what do you genuinely like about yourself it's a good question very good question right next one (laughs) i like that question as well i feel like it's it's so hard to like give yourself permission to think about things that you like about yourself yeah, I don't know without why. being like, oh, I'm, I'm being cocky or... I think it's so odd in, like, this society where it's, like, you want to be confident and people that are confident are being celebrated, but then if you're too proud of your own achievements or too proud of certain characteristics, then it can be come across as, like, like egotistical. boasting, yeah, or narcissistic or anything like that. Just so interesting. Bad. Yeah, that balance that you can't be. Yeah. But I feel like so okay this is a challenge for anybody who's listening right now please pause pause this episode and think about your favorite thing about yourself Mm. challenge yes (laughs) okay (laughs) the next one is most embarrassing sex story (laughs) i don't have one (laughs) so that means i have to drink okay (laughs) i'm drinking for this cheers cheers I mean, as comfortable as we feel in the podcast, I feel like that's not quite ready for that. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it? Right, the next one is whose exes are worse. Okay, Which, I have a question. What do you classify as exes? Because I have one traditional, I have only one ex-boyfriend because I've only yeah. ever been in one relationship, but I've had different like situationships or like more serious people that I've like dated seriously even though they've not been classified as like boyfriend and girlfriend but like does that count as an ex no no No. so then I've only had one ex and I haven't had any yeah because you've only had one (laughs) is that weird though like being 22 almost 23 and only having one boyfriend I don't think it's weird I think there's even there's lots of people who wouldn't even have been in one relationship at your age. That's true. So 
I think there's like there's just no timeline for these sort of things. Like there would be people at your age would who would have been in like sex relationships. Yeah. And that's like equally as okay as, you know, being in one or zero relationships. Yeah. I think we've both had flings or relation what were you saying? Situation Situationships I love that word. in the so appropriate in the past everything. that have both been like equally bad, I think. Yeah. But that's maybe another story for another day. Okay, okay, let's let's say because obviously exes we can't compare. Yeah, so let's say situationship. Situationship exes. <laughs> Who's have been worse? Okay, I'll just I maybe I'll give an example of yeah. one and then you give one and then they can choose who's worse because okay, like okay. I don't think we can. So for me, I think it would just be like that clingy, awkward, needy relationship in high school. Yeah. It wasn't really a relationship. Like I liked the guy, but. <laughs> that was like like I liked that he liked me I think I was in that state where like I needed that validation yeah. um sorry <laughs> just awkwardly touched Leo <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, um but it got to the point where it, like it was just con- like a whole year of my life of me just like wanting to keep him in my life but mm-hmm. then he just he was a bit too needy yeah like a bit too much yeah and like always made me feel guilty for not like wanting to be in a relationship or like not wanting to kiss him or whatever when I was just like not ready for that stuff but also I was in the wrong clearly but it was just like a messy situation so I think that was like my worst and probably only like big one before Ed I feel like I have to drink for this one you know (gasps) because I wouldn't want to say something that people would recognize themselves in and I don't know I just I know that probably nobody's going to be listening to this podcast who has ever dated me but just in case like I would just (laughs) <laughs> now I'm overthinking. Should I? <laughs> a high school person is not gonna listen to this podcast. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> now there's more details. I think anyone who like from high school who listens to this will know who it is. Really? Yeah. Obviously, like adore the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Great man. Um. Ten out of ten. Really ten like <laughs> wish him the best in life. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking. <laughs> you can hear the gulp <laughs> oh god okay the next question is most embarrassing memory Ooh. um okay i mean the first thing that comes i think i've told you this what it was just when i was in school i like the teacher was asking a question and i just didn't know the answer to it so i pretended to be thinking i was like putting my hand on my, on my face like hmm what's the question and she like looked at me and, she, and then in front of everyone she was like you're not paying attention and we had this star like this little tree on the classroom and if you were a good student you were on the top of the tree and if you're a bad student you're on the bottom and i was on top and she moved me all the way from the top to the bottom of the so tree that's public bullying i know public humiliation yeah that is and like it's so interesting that i think i still like think about it obviously it was so long ago but clearly it was and like there's no because i always question i'm like most of my memories i remember because there's videos or photo proof but this was like a genuine memory that i have and then there's actually another one oh my god (laughs) um i think this was in like first grade so right after kindergarten and obviously in kindergarten i think you finish at like 12 30 or something yeah and then in first grade you finish at 1 30 or something or 2 30 and obviously no one fucking told me <laughs> so i remember just waiting outside like ready to go home <laughs> and everyone was in the classroom and i walked back and i started crying in front of everyone because obviously i thought i was supposed to be going home oh. i just felt really embarrassed so, that's so, <laughs> that's so cool. yeah 
I don't know what, like, I was just really embarrassed. But why do I still remember these things? Aww. Oh my god, I actually do have one story. This is actually very embarrassing. Um, I remember I was in school. <gasps> <laughs> the wine has been spilled. <laughs> oh god, biggest nightmare. Thank god you have wooden floors. Okay. Uh, sad about my wine. I wanted to bloody drink that wine. I mean, we have a bottle of rosé to crack through. Okay, let's, so... let's, okay, I'll tell my embarrassing story, and then you crack the, the rosé bottle in the meantime. Okay. Okay, so basically, I was in what would probably be equivalent to middle school in, like, high school terms, so, like, 14, something around that age, and I had a crush on a guy who I don't think I even ever spoke to. In the meantime, Kara is struggling severely to open the rosé bottle. Oh, is this a cork? No. No. <laughs> so yeah, I had a severe crush on this guy, which was found, which was based on nothing because I'd never really spoken to the guy. I obviously just thought he was cute. And I don't know if anybody else did this when they were 14, 15, but I just made up all these scenarios of like, what could happen? Like if we finally spoke and, yeah. you know, when he would finally notice me and all of that. And I had a friend who, I think most of my friends, like most of my girlfriends knew about this crush of mine. And one of my less close friends. Ooh, the shade begins. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't that close to her, but I was getting really, really close to her at the time best friend I think she was kind of you know oh, I, I feel like at school exactly I feel like at Whenever school three, yeah I feel like at school it was very much like you had you had one best friend you know yeah. whereas now I feel like that you don't really have those terms anymore in in that way you just have one soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> no but you know what I mean so then by that time it was very much like she was her best friend and then she was kind of transitioning to become like my best friend so I think she the other girl she was like a little bit yeah obviously. I think she was a little bit jealous and anyway she Fair enough, though. yeah I can feel for her to be honest well then she proceeded to message my crush <laughs> on Facebook and be like do you know Leo blah 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 and basically oh told him that I liked him and he was just like I don't know like he didn't know really who I was <gasps> And then oh I only no. found out like a week or two after because my other friend told me that this had happened. I just remember she, her telling me and me literally just, I just started to cry. I just remembered like, <laughs> it is a cork. I know, we we'll found out so. it is a cork. So. I think we can just put a knife in it and then st- Okay. But yeah, that was embarrassing and really sad. That's very sad. I feel sad for like 14 year old me. Yeah, I mean, for him to say he doesn't really know who you are. Yeah. But also... And also for her to just, like, go behind your back. I never even... This is my point about confrontation. I think I was really bad at it before. Like, I never spoke to her about it even or, like, said anything about it to her. question whilst Kara is trying to open the wine bottle is what do you do to feel more sexy and confident so I think like on days where I feel not the prettiest or like not the most confident and I want to feel sexy and this might sound really bad actually but it's, it's literally just like getting ready like getting clean dressing up wearing my favorite outfit putting makeup on doing my hair 
It's obviously sad that like I feel more sexy or attractive when I have makeup on. But I think it's just like taking that time. Like it's more of that the self-care aspect of things of like taking the time to feel good. It's more about like the feeling rather than the way I look. And also just like getting out of the house. I think the, most of the times when I feel crap about myself, I'm in a slump. Um, so just that feeling like, oh, you know, I can f- be the main character and go out of the house and like do something fun, whether it's like being at a park or I don't know, going for a walk or going out for dinner with Ed. Just like things like that. Also surround yourself with people that make you feel good. I think that makes me feel like when I'm surrounded with a group of people and everyone's like laughing and yeah, they make you feel important, make you feel like sexy or whatever. I think it's a, it's fun. Yeah, but I yeah. so agree. I feel like there's just some friends that you know you're going to be around and you're just going to feel like you're most... I always feel the most confident when I feel the most myself in a weird way. Like when I feel like I'm being just like 100% me and I can just be who I really am is when I often feel the most confident and then I do feel like there's just some days where you just do feel more negatively about your body or your face or like whatever that might be like forever reason like I think for me it's often linked to like my period like whether that's like I don't know hormonal spots or just you know not feeling great I feel like it just for me, I've, what I've realized over the past few years is that I think it has a lot to do with mindset as well. Because you might often feel like shit in the moment and feel like every single picture that's being taken of you is horrible. And I think we've talked about this in past episodes as well. And then you look back and, you know, you look fine sort of thing or nobody, you wouldn't have been able to tell. But I think, so I feel like that's a big, a big thing. I think it's all about your own mindset more than anything. So yeah, I feel like, surrounding yourself with people who actually just kind of take you out of your own head and make you feel confident I guess if even if you can't feel confident in your appearance just like make you feel confident in like who you are but also I agree with you I think it also helps for me like to know that I've got even though it might be like superficial reasons but it helps me to know that like I've got an outfit on that I feel really comfortable in for the first place that's something that like you know just like fits me well and I feel good in even if I'm just like lounging about in the house but like just like having like a cute little set on or something like that I feel like that well just feeling like I've put some effort to like look put together I do think that helps even if it's not yeah I mean it might sound like it might sound narcissistic but sometimes when I feel crap I like put on makeup whatever and I you know make my hair look real nice and then I take selfies that because in that moment when you know you look good I don't know. It's nice having pictures of, yeah. of moments that you felt confident in that you can look back on and be like, actually, that is me. I don't think it's narcissistic to take selfies. I feel like we should destigmatize yeah. that. Because it's just like you appreciate. I think if it's like every five seconds, the word becomes like obsessive. I think that's like. Yeah, obviously, you shouldn't be like yeah. walking around every. But if you feel good and you look good and you want to like remember yeah, yourself in that way, exactly, why not? Like appreciate, appreciate the way you look. I actually, I don't know if that's too much to share on the podcast, but I had a moment where obviously we've kind of opened up about our body image struggles and stuff that we've had in the past and I had a moment where I took just some photos like literally just for myself like in my underwear a few weeks ago just because I was like oh I feel like I look good and I just want to have these pictures just to remember that I felt confident and happy enough to take those pictures like I literally have not shown them to anybody will not show them to anybody 
you know but it was just kind of nice just for myself to have that moment yeah. where I feel like I've had some growth and like had yeah you know just I think that's really nice. so I feel like that's also something that you can do for yourself like whether you have somebody that you'd want to send those pictures to or not like even just for yourself kind of appreciating your own beauty in a way and like finding your own angles that you like the best and yeah even though it, it may seem shallow it doesn't have to be something shallow or it's just it's like you know you, if you see it as a special moment then yeah. it becomes like a exactly yeah. trying to appreciate your beauty as you would somebody else's because i think it's always so easy to like look at photos of somebody else or take pictures of somebody else and be like wow they look stunning but then you, you n- don't think that of yourself yeah yeah if you could be invisible what would be the first thing you would do i think i would get onto planes for free and like public <laughs> transport and stuff like that and then i could just like fly wherever i'd want to for free that'd be great but but they'd have there would have to be an empty seat right or else you'd be sitting on like a stranger's, <laughs> stranger's lap yeah there's always a one seat for you though yeah you know i think i could wrangle that <laughs> i think that's what i would do that's so interesting like get into museums for free plays i could be like in the first row you could perform on stage and no one would know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to perform on stage i want to see them you know that would be cool that's true so basically experience a lot of things that yeah. would actually cost a lot of money but yeah, you could free. just do it for free I wouldn't want to be invisible forever, though. That would be a very sad life, I think. Yeah, because no one would notice you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so sad. What about you? My instinct went to just, like, visiting my parents and just, like, just watching them. Oh, that's so <laughs> Not in a creepy way, in a very cute, sentimental, meaningful way. Like, I just like to see them living their life, you know? And, like, just know what they think of and what they do on the day to... Okay, that's, you made it creepy. No, I just think it would be like... I don't know how to open this, by the way. Okay. Oh my god, is this a cork? Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is like one that you pop. Yeah, but how did we... Oh, as a twist it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's a whole other experience. You made it creepy. It wasn't <laughs> creepy. It was sweet. It was like, I just want to see the people I love live their lives. And make sure that they're happy and fine. Okay, okay then. I'm gonna fight with you now. <laughs> Confrontation. I'm upset about this. I'm sorry that you feel upset. Fuck off. <laughs> Our first fight just happened on air. Oh, I Actually, think that was. I think that was I a great s- example of conflict. They fuck we, off. We completely ignored all the advice we gave in the other episode. Look, let me think of a cooler, more fun thing to do. Um. No, that's a cute thing to do. Okay. <laughs> Can you say it like you mean it, please? That's so cute, Kara. Aww. Aww. <laughs> no, I think we need to... Don't we need to take this off first? Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> why is... Why is alcohol this hard? That's fancy. That's fancy shit. Do you want to Oh! Oh, no. Oh, no. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hello, hello. <clears throat> In the meantime, 
we had a little bit of an intermission because what happened i didn't know how to open a (laughs) bottle of champagne and it went everywhere and Leo, this might be the last few hours of Leo's laptop. <laughs> dying. Also, our microphone might be dying. We're gonna do a little bit of a sound check and see if we can hear us right now. Let's see. I think this was a bonding experience, to be honest. I've never been in a champagne shower before, so this was very exciting. This is the most exciting podcast recording we've ever had. I'm just glad you still want to be my friend. To be <laughs> Always. <laughs> okay. The next question is what's the longest you've gone without showering hmm i think it's been <laughs> i think it's, i think it's been i literally haven't said no i think it's been times where i've had like surgery and i've had like stitches and stuff and i just like couldn't i think when i had my appendix i just didn't shower for like and my because i had my nose surgery and then appendix and i think i like there was a week where i just couldn't shower yeah one, I was feeling so weak. Yeah, so I'm not that disgusting. What about you? I feel like as a teenager, I had a way lower tolerance for like how long I could go without showering. Whereas now, I will shower at least one to two times a day. Like I, I could not without it. But I think as a teenager, I definitely just did not. And same as you, I had my appendix out when I was about 11 to 12, I think. And yeah, I think I was like a week or so in hospital. I don't remember showering in that time. Yeah. So probably like a week, I would say. Yeah. I feel like if you're young and it's above that time, that's sort of the time frame where your parents will be like, force you to go shower. Yeah. You know? Thoughts on premarital sex. Okay. My thoughts are that everybody should just do what they feel comfortable with and what they want to do. I think there's so many expectations and pressures placed on by society, by religion, by parents, by whatever context you grew up in, whether that's in one direction or the other. Like, I know that both me and Kara have had very different experiences in terms of, like, the society that we've grown up in. Like, me coming from... I grew up in Germany, as probably most people will know, and I think the environment was very much... And I think that is kind of similar to the UK... But, like, it was very common in the circle that I grew up in, at least, that you would have sex before marriage. And it was almost kind of encouraged to have sex, like, as young as possible, almost. And it was kind of, like, a little bit of that pressure to, like, lose your virginity earlier. That's so interesting. And I know that I felt... Because I always knew that, like, I wanted to wait for somebody special... Or somebody that at least like I genuinely cared about and I knew that like cared genuinely about me as well. And I almost felt sort of bad or like, I don't know, in a way... Conscious. Yeah, self-conscious about the fact that I was pretty a bit older than some of like the people that I knew from school when I did lose my virginity. So, and I just feel like that either way shouldn't be a pressure. You know, there shouldn't be a pressure to sleep with somebody sooner rather than later and there also shouldn't be a pressure in my opinion to you know definitely wait till marriage I feel like everybody should just do what they're comfortable with whether that's waiting till marriage or not I think both is absolutely fine and the most important thing is just that both people like there's always two people involved in having sex and that the important thing is that both people are on the same page both people know what you're expecting what you want out of the relationship, what you want from 
I don't know, your sexual experience, whatever that may be. And I feel like as long as you communicate openly about that, that's the only thing that matters. And I think whatever the result of that is, nobody should pressure you into it one way or the other. Long-winded way of me explaining it. (laughs) What about you? No, that's really good. I think for me, it's the same exact thing. I mean, I find it interesting that for me, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like, you were looked down upon if you had sex before marriage. Yeah. Um... But the way I think of it is it's your body and their body. And like, in I never think that any like law or opinion of anyone else about your own body like should ex- exist. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's your decision and their decision. And like, who who cares what anyone else thinks? Because it's, I mean, I'm, I'm like kind of connecting it to the to the abortion like situation. Like I, the idea that... N- men with power can decide whether you want to keep or not keep a baby like i just don't think that's appropriate and same with sex like whether a whole religion is going to judge you for doing something with your own body i just don't think i just don't see the point to it yeah but like leo said like as long as you're being safe and it's consensual and you're doing whatever you feel comfortable doing then i don't see the problem in it yeah at all I agree. I think we're on the same page. And I think if anybody out there is like feeling pressured or feeling worried one way or the other, then even if it's like about you've already, you know, had your first time or you've already had sex a couple of times and are like worrying about your body count or anything like that, that sort of thing, I feel like it's just such an arbitrary measure of something. Like it literally means nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with like your worth or who you are as a person or how good of a partner you can be to somebody like it's it it truly doesn't mean anything and I feel like it can be so easy to judge yourself or even like judge others maybe because of insecurities that you have yourself like I think we've maybe all been guilty of subconsciously like slut shaming or something like that because that's just like kind of the society that we've grown up in sort of thing but I just think we all have to remember that it truly doesn't mean a thing and or matter like what anyone else thinks yeah exactly as long as you do what's comfortable to you and also yeah just don't let yourself don't let yourself be pressured into any situations that you don't feel comfortable with and don't feel like you need to do anything because society tells you to whether that's one way or the other Inner peace is the most important thing, as we always say. (laughs) Okay. Next question is... Your thoughts on taking yourself on a date. I actually like this idea a lot. I mean, I don't see what type of person would be against this. I mean, I know, like, some people will be concerned. Oh, like, why would you want to go alone? And why wouldn't you just go with friends or whatever? But sometimes time alone is really important. And, like, treating yourself doing yeah. something because i feel like sometimes with dates it's like oh i'm gonna do this because i know the other person really enjoys doing this or whatever but if you take yourself out on a date that's the first time that you're taking yourself to do something that you genuinely want to do like you wouldn't take yourself out on a date that you wouldn't enjoy you know yeah um and i think it's always healthy to spend time with yourself anyways to just think why am i playing with my toes but yeah, I think it's yeah, really just <laughs> like I'm really anxious about the whole sofa situation and the whole. Um, no, but I think it is. I think it should just be more normalized. I mean, I've never done it before. I was gonna ask, have you ever taken yourself out on a date? No. 
Never. Because I, I've, I've been in a relationship for so long. Yeah. And, like, I think the whole idea of taking yourself out on a date is quite new, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't remember being in first year uni and ever hearing the conversation of, like, take yourself out on a date. Yeah. Maybe I, Or maybe I just wasn't exposed to, like, that content. I fully agree with what you said. I feel like it's such a beautiful idea, actually. It's this, in the same vein of us talking about, you know, our favorite things about ourselves. It's kind of... I think especially in your 20s, it's very celebrated and kind of hyped up that we need to be these uber social beings who are like with friends 24-7. And whilst I obviously love being with my friends and I feel like being social is super important, like just for my own mental health, it really is. Like it helps me so much and just makes me feel so happy. But at the same time, I'm a person who I genuinely enjoy spending time with myself. And I think I've, since I was very little, because... I grew up for 10 years being an only child until my brother was born. So I think I'm just, I've always been used to spending time with myself. So I used to always just like take a book wherever I go and I would like sit in parks on my own and like read or go to coffee shops alone and read and like order a coffee or I remember I went to Spain and I was meeting my ex's family and they but they only arrived the day after I did so I had a whole day and like whole night in Spain on my own and I just like explored the city I like went shopping yeah I went for I went for like dinner I think yeah I think I ordered room service and just like wandered about like it was actually like uh, I had a great time honestly it was the only day that we had good weather as well (laughs) the whole whole rest of the week it rained apparently it's like the one week of the whole year that it rained in Seville and it was the one week that we were there but I had that one day of sunshine that I had on my own so I think it's a it's a great thing to do and I always feel really I don't know like replenished when I'm for me my favorite thing to do is to go to coffee shops and nowadays I sadly mostly go to coffee shops when I'm working yeah so I rarely have time to just like read and actually enjoy my coffee and all of that but even then I like I enjoy the atmosphere a lot but that would be like literally my my dream day would be me going to a new city on my own and just like walking around exploring and sitting in a coffee shop going into bookshops like reading different books picking out one book that I can then read in a coffee shop that would literally be my dream day (laughs) I think for me like I'm not used to being alone so you saying like you've grown up That's ten ten years of your life you're exactly, so used to being because alone. You're a twin. Like, I've you I was never had to be alone. Yeah, a twin and an older sister. So I've yeah. literally like I've never been alone ever. I think I think there was like a few weeks bef- when my sister went to uni bef- before because for some reason Lancaster starts a month later than everyone else. But I think that was like the first proper proper time I was ever alone. But but still didn't get to like really enjoy it because I was obviously living at home, and yeah. But I think living alone does help when you're younger. It makes you like realize uh, at least appreciate your own time yeah. because that's all you had, you know. Whereas, do you, think, do you think it's like reflected in our relationship tendencies as well? Because we were talking about this before a little bit. I know that I'm a very independent person, just in general. I think probably because of how I grew grew up, and I know that in any sort of future romantic relationships that I have, like, I'll need to maintain that to some extent. Obviously, I'll want to have... I want to have a partnership and I want to have somebody that, like, I share the good stuff with, the bad stuff with, you know, 
go on I don't know fun day trips fun holidays like do things with plan things with I obviously want that and like have a family eventually but I for my day-to-day I do think I am a very independent person and I think I was always like fascinated by Cara's relationship because (laughs) you guys have since like forever since you started dating have always been like attached yeah at the hip I mean like the the whole thing of us moving in together we never it wasn't even a question yeah we never had to have like a conversation of shall we move in together yeah because we just I think it was just like automatic that we knew we were on it wanted to spend every day together yeah but now you saying it it probably it does come from me always having people around and i'm so so. used to it and that's like just the norm to me um and like i was always dependent on my sisters and that's probably why i do sometimes depend on ed because i'm like oh he's there so i can depend on him yeah when when just because he's there doesn't mean i have to like i can still do shit by myself but it's probably I think it's literally that it's like you've not been used to anything else so obviously that would be like almost your default like your default setting yeah the the setting that you're most comfortable in is like to have like at least one person close to you that you can like depend on that's always going to be there yeah and my default setting is kind (laughs) of like to be a little bit independent with people close by that I know I can reach out to yeah if I need to like, I also, I hate, th- like, obviously, I would never want to feel, like, lonely or anything like that. But I don't feel lonely when I'm alone. spending time with myself, yeah, yeah. When I'm alone. That's amazing, though. <laughs> I think that's, isn't that, like, what everyone strives for? I don't know. I think it is. But I've always felt that way. Like, I've always enjoyed my own company. Yeah. Whereas I'm in that situation where every time, like, when, every time Ed leaves me, even if it's for, like, an hour, I'm like, I feel half empty. <laughs> Aww. I mean, I know that's cringy, but, like, genuinely, I feel like... When we're together, then I'm like, okay, that's this is, this is like how things are supposed to be. And then obviously when he's not there, I'm like, okay. Do you feel half empty I, now? I, I, no, because you're here. <laughs> so you've like taken over his, <laughs> his space. I mean, don't you think this is a date? Like, I'm, I'm so old proper Santa. No. We definitely had a date tonight. Yeah, and I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> would you take me out on a second date after I this? Would. You would? Oh lying, no. Lying. <laughs> You're just lying to my face so you text me and I'd be like, actually, I don't really think I, I would just ghost you, Cara. <laughs> oh, question. Have you ever ghosted somebody? Not like proper ghosted. Like I've like I've met someone on a night on a night out and then they yeah. messaged me the next day and I've just like never replied. That is ghosting. That I as in like as in like been on a few dates or oh, like okay, okay. a month of dating and then go so okay. i think that's like more okay whereas that guy's probably messaged like 10 girls that night yeah maybe I have you tell those. yourself that cara you tell yourself that <laughs> okay i have never ghosted somebody that i've dated several times yeah i have ghosted though night, like on night out and stuff yeah or like yeah i have a general tendency to like be very bad at replying to messages <laughs> so sometimes I will like leave it almost too late and then it's kind of too awkward to reply. Yeah. So then sometimes it'll just be then too late and then I just have to It's leave always it. awkward when it's like a month later and you're like, yeah. should I reply to Yeah, this? is it worse to then reply or do you no, just leave I it? I just think just re- leave it. Yeah. So I've done a couple of those. Yeah. Sometimes though, like the boys are just so needy sometimes <laughs> on night, like it's like on night out and they'll message you the next day like hey it was lovely seeing you last night oh my night. god yeah and then like the, the next evening they'll be like are you going out tomorrow and yeah uh, and also i'm like reminiscing on uni stuff yeah when it's just like no like it was just like a i was drunk <laughs> there's not much more to that 
my whole personality was uh, not geared towards you, but <laughs> exactly. I mean, I also think that ghosting on dating apps doesn't count. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion. Like, I feel like if you don't reply to somebody on a dating app, it doesn't matter. Unless you've had, like, a conversation for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. But I feel like normally it would, like, transition out of the dating app. Yeah. If it's anything serious. But, like, yeah. if somebody messages you on a dating app and you don't reply, I don't think that counts as ghosting. I think ghosting, hit is it's different when you've been on a date with someone. Yeah. Or, or like, have gained, like, you, you're invested in that person to some extent and then they they just yeah. disappear i think that you can't do that like i feel like you no. owe it to the other com the other person to have a conversation about it yeah what would you okay if you went on one date with somebody what would you prefer somebody to ghost you after or for somebody to like tell you straight up like why they didn't want to see you again obviously tell me straight up yeah even if it would be something hurtful well yeah because obviously if i like clearly came across wrong on the date i'd rather know so then so that like in the next dating experience i can just be like or i can just learn from it yeah but if it is if it is genuinely like him just saying i just don't think we click don't yeah think we see each other going that way then yeah just rather i mean i think it's respectful to let the person know than yeah. to just make them question why have why haven't they called me why yeah i thought it went well da 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 then you just like doubt yourself more. You, it's Have just, you ever had a date where you thought it went well and then it didn't? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have that much experience in the dating realm. You were just so successful. One of like the <laughs> second time round. What can I say? <laughs> just, um, it's actually you're the biggest pro. I am. Have you had an experience? <laughs> I've just had experiences where I think the guy has thought that it went really well and I didn't really feel the vibe. I wonder, because I feel like that's quite a common experience. I wonder... No, I'm going to say something that's, like, gendering again. So I'm just no, not going to say I, that. But I think it's because girls, they, like, would rather be just continue be, to be nice and to actually express how they feel. Whereas yeah, a guy maybe. makes it visibly clear on a date if he's not interested. Yeah, like, more, honest, we're, we're, more straightforward. Yeah, more straightforward, which is more honest, which is better. But we, we're just, like... Like, people please. Give him the chance. Like, we're yeah. going to be nice. We're going to be polite. Obviously, obviously stereotyping, because not all girls For sure. be this way. But... Yeah. Speaking from myself... And I, my yeah. friendship experiences. Yeah, exactly. I think I would be that way. Like, I would... Obviously, then probably leave sooner. You know, like, if a date isn't going well, I obviously am not going to sit with that guy for, like, hours and hours on yeah. end. I'll, like, drink one or two drinks... And then be like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to go. Like, I have to work early in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And then leave. But if it's like a decent date and then, like, decent, but you go back home and you're like, but I didn't feel that. But on the on the decent date, you were yeah. pretend, not pretending, but you were showing interest, still asking them questions. Obviously, they're gonna take the hints like, oh, she's interested. Yeah. In Even though you don't feel that like connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the questions that we got was like, oh, what are like. I guess are three things that you're looking for on a first date from a guy. And I think one of the things, like the overriding thing is like the spark, right? Like you want to have, for me, yeah. I want to have that like connection with somebody. You know, that thing which like makes you just feel like giddy yeah. of like you see their messages after and you're just like, you can't stop smiling. And you kind of like put them on a pedal pedestal. Yeah, definitely. Like it's very much the roast into glasses and like the all your chemicals rushing around and you know yeah. it's it's exactly that going on but it's also that's the fun of it as well isn't it and i i don't know i'm sure there's like slower types of love which kind of build up over time and all of that which i just personally haven't had any experience with because i know i've tried dating like people that i've been friends with before 
and just in my experience like it just hasn't really worked out that way I'm sure I know that it has for lots of people so I, I'm not saying that like that doesn't work because I feel like it would have lots of benefits yeah. to also to know that you genuinely like just love the personality as well yeah I, I honestly think in my experience like the best relationships that do work is when it, it starts off as lust because you know you're really attracted to that person you, you want to like have that physical connection yeah. with them but then after the lo- lust kind of wears out you still have that deeper emotional connection yeah. those relationships are more successful than the ones that you know you really like them as a friend and you like you try to convince yourself that you have that physical attraction to them yeah when it, I don't really think it should be something where you're like trying to find that thing yeah because it should just come and like one person has that feeling with many people. It's not like it's your own, like your soulmate. Like one person you'll find that you'll have that with. Them. Yeah. Okay. What's What's your thoughts on soulmates? Hmm. <laughs> um. I don't think we've ever talked about that. No, but it it like it's kind of connected. I'm gonna to... have to pour the champagne now, by the way. Because I know. Otherwise, we're not gonna drink it. <laughs> drink up your wine. It's It's kind of connected to connected to monogamy in some sense, right? Like this whole idea that. You have to spend your life with one person, and like yeah. the one person you find is the person you're meant to spend the rest of your life life with. But I always think this, like with Ed. But that but kind of don't you feel like that puts pressure on monogamy almost? If the the concept of soulmates, because it's like yeah. But what if the one person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with isn't this person? Your quote quote soulmate. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing. But like with with Ed, I think the only reason we did meet and get to know each other was because somehow in this world we ended up choosing the same university and the same college and he was put randomly by some bloke (laughs) in the same building as me that's the only reason we met that's the only reason all the circumstances happened but in an alternate universe if i didn't end up choosing lancaster i chose another university i would be with someone else right now who i would think is my soulmate and i genuinely think that do you think things happen for a reason or do you i do think things happen for a reason and I think I was like blessed to have that chance to meet Ed, but <laughs> yeah, I just took a sip of the champagne. <laughs> but I think there's so many people out there, and you're we can be compatible with so many people out there as well. Yeah. It's like we can have hundreds of friends, but why is it in our brains that we can only have like one boyfriend that's really compatible? Yeah, like why can we have a hundred of a hundred best friends out there in the world? Yeah. Let's say. But I do think when you do find that person, because of whatever chances that happen in your life, like me being in Lancaster, him being in Lancaster, I feel like just might, you might as, well, as, might as well make the most out of the situation. Yeah. And like not, not be like, oh, maybe there's someone else out there. Like, there's no point thinking that because there is someone else out there. Yeah. But if you're happy with what you, like, what situation, like 100% happy with the situation you're in, why would you... I feel like that's a but really then there's that's like pol pol what's it called polyamory. A polyamory, yeah, which is like you can be happy with one situation, but also meet someone else. Which is I feel like life. that's also like a toxic trait of our generation a little bit that like we feel like there's always going to be a better option around the corner, and I think that's a little bit with dating apps and social media. Like you can always see so many other options that would be out, then it would be so easy. So I think it's kind of easy to think or to question your relationship they'd be like oh maybe i would be better suited with somebody else like i don't know 
And I, I think very similarly to you. I feel like there's so many people on this world. Surely there's not one single person out of like the, I don't know, seven, eight billion people that are on this planet. There's surely not going to be only one person that's perfectly compatible with you and nobody else is. I very much do believe in like everything happens for a reason. And I think that people, whether that's friendships or romantic relationships, come into and out of your life for a reason. So even if relationships don't last for, I don't know, years and maybe they only last for months or maybe they do just last a few years and then you break up again. Like, I think that every single relationship, however long, is going to teach you a certain lesson and ultimately learn, teach you something about yourself and then also kind of lead you to who you're meant to be with in a way. I don't know. But I think that there's going to be an infinite number of choices that you can make that will lead you to different people that you would be perfectly compatible with and perfectly happy with. And I think all that you can ask for, I guess, is just to be just genuinely in love with the person. And I also think that, you know, we shouldn't settle for for less, you know, because I know that I've been in a situation where I was kind of, questioning my own emotions and whether I should leave a relationship that was in because I felt like I didn't have a right to be doubting it and I should stay and to be honest I feel like I should have probably left sooner than I did yeah your your gut instinct I think will be right and if your gut instinct if it feels like the right person then I think it's it's worth staying and fighting for that relationship even if yes there will be like a hundred other people that you would also be compatible with but I feel like in a way that gives comfort you know because it's like okay yeah even if that relationship doesn't work out you'll always be fine at the end of the day because you have yourself you have your friends and you know if you're ever ready to date anybody else again and when you're ready to date there will be somebody else yeah who will be even better suited for whoever you've then sort of transitioned into after you've had that growth period after that breakup like I feel like breakups are actually like massive growth periods as well yeah I always think like with relationships because I feel like a person changes so much in so many years Mm -hmm. like me today is not the person I was in high school yeah and I always question this I'm like okay Ed and I have been together okay not just Ed and I whatever when you're in a relationship with someone and you've been with them for five years. The person that you are at the end of those five years is not the same person. Yeah. So, so I think something to, something to remember is even though you might be you might love that person, it's normal to be a different person at the end of those five years, and they're gonna change too. And sometimes the the people you change into are not meant to be together. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't love each other. It just means that, I guess it's it's just like not meant to be. And this is where the whole like monogamy thing comes because. I think as you change as people, you meet more people that are more compatible with you and align with you more in different scenarios. But it's whether you're willing to, to choose that, okay, you might be different people, but do you still love each other? And do you still care deeply about each other? And will respect the new version of the other person, you know? Yeah. I think that's what makes like successful relationships. I think I read, like, I read a quote or something where someone was like, I've dated, like, I've been with this person for so many years, but but I felt like I dated eight different people Mm. because obviously you change and they change. How many versions of Ed do you feel like you've dated? 
I think two versions at the moment. Yeah? Yeah. Because obviously at the beginning it was the very like young, uni, kind of like naive, lust, fun version. But now I think we've been through enough where I'm very comfortable with him and he's very comfortable with me. And like we just vibe, you know? <laughs> oh, we just vibe. That's sweet. Oh, I feel like the whole monogamy versus like, I don't know, open relationship sort of thing is a whole different debate, right? Because yeah. I listened to a really interesting podcast about this on, I think I sent it to you, right? On sort of, obviously, I think humans, I don't know if humans are like biologically meant to be monogamous, but I do think it kind of, I don't feel like we are. I think it's like a very much a conscious effort that we have to. It's a choice. Yeah, exactly. I say, say it's a choice. I think you have to be willing to choose that person every single day because I think it does go against sort of our basic instinct, which is to like have sex, you know, with different people. And that's for both men and women. (laughs) Um, And I listened to this podcast, which was really interesting because it was saying how actually the most long lasting relationships um, are often the ones where it is like polyamorous because they kind of, give each other I guess the space to like explore other relationships but then know that they'll always have like each other as like the foundation to come back to yeah I just think it's a super interesting concept I think it's just I don't know if I could be comfortable in that myself I'd love to hear their experience yeah exactly how they gain the trust that they gain but like I think you have to be so secure. You have to be so secure and like not jealous at all. Yeah. At this moment, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. But I like I do know that there will be someone else out there for Ed if yeah. we don't work out. But if he has me now, I want to be. I guess it's maybe it's an insecurity thing as well. Like mm-hmm. I want to be enough, knowing that he'll all he wants is me. Yeah. You know that, that he doesn't need other people to feel fulfilled in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe also the perspective must change if you've like been married to somebody for like years and years and years. Yeah. Like, maybe then the concept of, like, an open relationship is actually... I've been recently listening a lot to the podcast Modern Love. I was, like, re-inspired because I watched the second season on on Amazon Prime. And if anybody hasn't listened to the podcast, I can really recommend it. It's beautiful stories. And they're just all, like, kind of a different perspective on, like, the different ways that love kind of show up in life. Whether that's friendship, whether that's romantic, and then even if it's romantic, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of loves. And I don't know, I think it just gave me a really interesting perspective on as well, because one of them was about like, sort of open, an open marriage. And it was just, it was really interesting to just like hear the perspective and how, how that can actually bring people closer together and doesn't, and even can work in like a family dynamic when you have children and kind of, you know, integrate that with it. So think it's interesting because i think it's like rarely talked about at least in my sort of like social circle that i grew up in yeah i was gonna say it's nice to like actually hear real stories rather than those like youtube videos you see where it's like how will this couple survive raising or like whatever raising i don't know if you've seen those like it's just like those random videos you find on like three you know three people in a relationship and how they raise kids but like it comes from like a very stereotypical perspective of what that looks like yeah rather than like the real and it's very like reality tv type kind of representation yeah exactly and they i feel like they talk about not important things like oh what side of the bed you sleep on it's like no one cares we actually want to know like how you have successful relationships and how you trust each other and how 
it works with the kids and all that stuff. So that was it for part one of this truth or drink. Because we had too much fun recording, we honestly spoke for over two hours. So we decided to spare you the agony of listening to that all in one and split our convo into two podcast episodes instead. So definitely look out for part two next week. And let me just say, it's going to be a very juicy one. So something to look forward to. And yeah, as always, we hope that you enjoyed listening and we hope you're having a lovely week. And if you have any thoughts, feedback, anything you want to share with us at all, our DMs are always open. Please message us at The Matcha Diaries on Instagram. And yeah, sending lots of love to everyone. Bye.